I just came by to stir your soul up a bit. This is the Perfectly Imperfect Podcast with Regina and Christine, where we share our stories as women openly and honestly. We believe it's through our journeys, our happy and sad times that connect us as sisters, because we're all perfectly imperfect. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Perfectly Imperfect, the podcast where we have vulnerable conversations about mental health, self-growth, and relationships as sisters. I'm Regina. And I am Christine. We have a very special guest today. I am so excited for her. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, we're just at our recording studio and we're getting used to this new Mm -hmm. orientation. So our guest is our first guest that we're recording in the studio together. So I'm sitting pretty far away from them. Christine's on her own island. Yeah, I'm like looking. I'm not looking at them. (laughs) It's just awkward right now. But yeah, no, we're so excited to have her here and I mean I'm sure a lot of you guys know her and like if you don't you will love her because I, I think to be honest I think I met her through Instagram yeah like how many years uh, it's been a while I think four years ago You're right I it was, think so I think it was right it was after like I quit Wang Fu yeah yeah, yeah. And since then, really, our friendship has grown so much. I've learned so much from her. So it was a no brainer. And then Regina recently met with her. Mm-hmm. And then now, yeah. yeah, so we've just all have learned so much from her. And just like Aww. this friendship, we all live really close oh, by. Yeah. I actually met her at our event off the mic back in October. And she came to my session. And I was so excited because I had heard so much about her. Aww. And Christine always like raves about hers. And then yeah. we got coffee afterwards. And we just like bonded over like body positive positivity and just like spreading positive message and I feel like that just so much so like embraces everything that she is yeah exactly so I okay enough teasing let's just introduce her we tend to do that we go on and on as if everyone knows who we're talking about and then then we're like oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) we want to introduce to you the queen maven of yeah she does everything amazingly and I don't even know how she has enough time in the day but she's one of those people that is just like oh yeah I do this and this and this and this and that's just my life yeah <laughs> and she does all of them really well she's CEO of her own company she hand letters she she has her own books she has speaking engagements Aww. she has workshops she has her own podcast hobby to business mm-hmm. that she has with her co-host Emma White and collabs and just does so many different things so we're so happy to welcome Shelly Kim Yay. Yay. Oh, thank you so much yeah. it means a lot Thank you. And you guys were saying such nice things about me. So I really do appreciate it. You mean it. I mean, every Ah. single time I like look on your Instagram feed, I'm always like, oh my gosh, how is she doing this and this and this and this and this? It's really, really incredible to see this like little empire that you've built. It's like truly incredible. Exactly. I feel like Shelly's one of those people that like the minute I've met her, her aura is just generous. Whatever she knows, whatever she has, whatever she does, she's like sharing with everybody. And that's the basis to I feel like who you are as a human being that Regina touched upon is like all about positivity. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get it into mm-hmm. all of that, which is like your why. And this is what yeah. you're doing, what you're doing yeah. and your journey. But you emulate it so well in your everyday Aww. life. That means so much. I, I just I'm honored to be here as well. So really do appreciate you both. So yay. Ah. So today's topic, we just thought like it'd be perfect because we mm-hmm. learned so much from Shelly as like creatives, but also now me and Regina are starting our own separate businesses. So mm-hmm. as right. entrepreneurs, Shelly, she's like my go to person every time Aww. I have a question, like literally, I'll be like, Shelly, <laughs> she's like, oh, you know what? I'll find out for you. Or yeah, I, well, I we like were just talking about taxes right. during dinner before this. Yeah. yeah, legit. So today we wanted to talk about 
like which is what Shelly's podcast is all about. So if you guys want more information, her podcast is such a good resource and such substantial information for any entrepreneur or business owner or just creative who wants to learn how to turn your hobby into a business. Mm. How do you turn that dream job that you spend your time thinking about daydreaming into a profitable business? Because it's a whole separate thing when you're like, oh, I'm going to make this into what I want to do full time. But it's a whole different Mm -hmm. thing when you want to make it sustainable and what you're going to do for the rest of your life, right? right? Mm -hmm. Like the realities of it. Often we get messages from a lot of you guys asking us, like, how do you best pursue your passions or your dreams? Because I know a lot of you guys feel stuck or lost. We've been there Mm -hmm. where you're like, well, maybe you just graduated and you feel you should already have that job, quote unquote, that job that Mm -hmm. defines everything in your life. Or you feel pressure to stay at your current job, which promises like stability and everything that comes with having stable income, a 401k and all of that. But then in the back of your mind, there's still that nudging feeling, right? It's Mm -hmm. like, "Mm, I feel like there's something missing where there's something else. But it's understandable why you're too scared to start over or to give up what you worked so hard to achieve up to that point. So that's why we wanted to have this really in-depth conversation with Shelly as well as, you know, Regina and I are on that journey, Mm -hmm. steps behind Shelly in this process. So it'd be really great to like pick your brain about it. So let's start with Shelly. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your story, how you grew up, what you studied and all of that? Oh, yeah, no, I I would love to. So growing up, oh, my goodness, I've always loved arts and crafts. I've always thought it was just such a fun way to express myself as a person. So growing up, I dreamed of like becoming a photographer, makeup artist and a teacher. I wanted to do all those three things. But then, I mean, as life happened, I guess I found myself really lost in high school. In high school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And a lot of my friends, it seemed like they had like their whole like careers like outlined for them and they knew exactly what they were going to study in college. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. for me, like when I went to college, I chose undeclared because I really had no idea. And then like the college that I applied to said that undeclared is too impacted. You have to pick a major. So then I was like, okay, what <laughs> should I pick? So then I, I chose psychology because I'm like, it Same. can be super like, I guess there are so many different like jobs you can pursue with a psychology degree. I guess I just didn't really know what I was getting into. I just chose it just because that was the first initial thought that came to my mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So all throughout, you know, my four years, I did psychology. Yeah. But basically after I finally graduated with a psychology degree, I really had no idea. Like I couldn't become like a psychologist right away because then I have to go back to like school to get my master's in. I think with that process, I was so lost. So I thought to myself, you know, it would be awesome if I could maybe pursue like a corporate job. So that's why I went into insurance. Working in insurance was just a whole different world and experience. I had no idea anything about insurance. So it was really insightful to be there just because I learned so much about like car insurance, home insurance, and all those things that people don't really want to learn about. (laughs) Oh my goodness. But being in that job, that's kind of like where I was really lost. I felt like I really didn't know what exactly I was doing there. Mm-hmm. And then the longer I was in there for after a year went by, I was still questioning what exactly am I doing? Because I just felt like I'm just going to work and my life just became work. And I just mm-hmm. talked about work like all the time. So just kind of going into like why I started doing hand lettering and why like that during started is because during my insurance job, I was just always stressed out, but I was also thinking about work all the time. Even after work, I talked about insurance all the time. And then Richard, my fiance, just opened my eyes and said, you know, this is 
really just boring what you talk about. I don't know what you're saying. So then it took me into like a different perspective. Okay, like what could I do differently? So during my lunch breaks, I started looking up positive affirmations. And that's kind mm-hmm. of how it opened this whole world of like creativity and exploring hand lettering and all those fun things. Because when I saw all the positive affirmations, I also came across like different font styles and like different topography styles. And then it made me really just want to learn this craft. So I thought about, okay, if I learn like calligraphy and like different topography styles, I can incorporate that into my own positive messages. Mm. And I decided to write my own positive messages and decorate my cubicle. So that was the main goal of learning. Mm. And I ended up decorating my cubicle with all these like positive affirmations just because I needed that refresher. And that's kind of how it all started with that whole journey. I had no idea what was actually going to come out of it. It was just like a passion project because I wanted to decorate my cubicle. That (laughs) was like the main reason during that whole process. When I found this craft, I fell in love with it so much that I just thought, okay, this is like something that I'm really enjoying with the whole process. I can just pursue it just as a hobby and see nothing more out of it but then when I was telling my fiance like how much I really enjoyed it he basically said you know I see this like spark that you have with this craft if you want to you can leave your job and actually you know pursue things that you want to do in life and then at the time when he said that to me I thought he was so silly I was like oh you're so crazy no one actually like leaves their job to pursue something that they're passionate about it's just not a thing Mm -hmm. So basically for me, like I didn't leave my job after a couple months. So what ended up happening was that he planted that seed in me and then I decided, okay, I don't want to question myself being at the insurance job anymore. I should basically take that leap and leave. So I finally put me two weeks in. I've never looked back since. So it's been a crazy journey that I finally left. But after I I left, I didn't know what exactly I was trying to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then I thought, okay, I could pursue art or I, I can also use this time to see what else makes me happy in life as well. So I feel like that's what allowed me to do like just because I explored this like art form I was able to take that leap to leave my job and then afterwards I wanted to get my master's in college counseling so then that's kind of like how the journey whole started because like after my insurance I felt really lost and then going back to thinking okay what really made me happy during my undergrad journey and it was when I was talking to the other undergrad students and like seeing what make them happy of being there and kind of like also helping them navigate through the whole academic process and choosing their majors and things like that. So that's the reason why I chose college counseling with the emphasis in career development. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Wow. that's <laughs> I feel like that's such a journey that you've been on. But I love how you started with just this was hand lettering was just something that it was like a stress reliever for you something mm-hmm, you were interested totally. in and then at the time I mean around what year was it so I left 2016 when I left my job yeah and that's kind of the same year I met you and towards the end of 2016 is when I started my grad program right and I remember talking to you then and yeah. you were like oh but at that time you already had a crap load of followers <laughs> on I could see why because Richard was like oh you could do this full time or right, you can right. do this because mm-hmm. you already accumulated a following so let's talk about that like yeah, how did that yeah. start from you totally. know you just practicing hand lettering because I've tried it before mm-hmm. it's a practice like you really right. have to like it's like any art form right mm-hmm. so how did you get from just trying it out doodling to like right. you know just putting it on the internet on Instagram yeah. I mean when I first started I really thought I was just not good at art I was like this is something that no one should look at. And that's the reason why it was just meant for my cubicle. But then the more and more I did it, you know, I kept questioning if I wanted to share this message with other people, basically 
I started my Instagram account as a way to help people be positive about their own life as well. Because then I felt that I was so alone in my own world and I just felt that I needed like more positive affirmations. I just thought how awesome would it be if I could share this message with other people just to like brighten their day or just make their week. Mm -hmm. And that's basically what the whole goal was just to like post my artwork so people could be positive and happy with their life. Yeah, so it's kind of like how the start of it happened. Yeah, I feel like that's such a common theme with especially people I talk to in their 20s. And that I think like Virginia and I can definitely resonate with. Like there's a baseline impact or something inside of you that you're like, I want to make a difference. You know, I want to do something good. Mm -hmm. But you don't know where to start and you don't know how. And that's where a lot of people where they look at the skills that they're born with that just like, you know, I'm really good at music or I'm really good at acting or business and all that. So they have a very clear direction where they can implement like that positive impact in what they do but I think for people it sounds like with you too it's like with me and Regina there's kind of like I don't know (laughs) yeah like I think that even when Christina and I first started this podcast we were always like oh we really want to do something and like you know something that can make a positive impact but you just don't know how Mm -hmm. and even this idea of a podcast was so foreign to us we're like oh maybe if you know this can help some people or make a difference in the slightest way like it's a very nice feeling Yeah. So I think in that, if you could share, like now that looking back on on that period of time for the people who are like, you know, I also just want to make a positive impact, but I don't know where Mm -hmm. to apply that. Like, what would you say to your younger self at that time before you found hand laundering? If it wasn't like hand lettering, I guess, I think I would actually have to think about, you know, at that time, what really made me happy. It's like, was it like a type of like art form or was it a way to, I guess, just like finding something that I, I was really passionate about? So like if it wasn't positive affirmations, maybe if I really liked showing this like process of like DIY type project, kind of expressing that with my brand. So I think the important part is like focusing on what makes you happy, what are you passionate about and how can you let other people see that same passion? And when they see that, how can they relate to you in that sense? And what could you do to make them excited as well? Yeah. No, I really like that because I also think at that age Mm -hmm. or when you're even just thinking about it let's say like you're in your 30s or 40s and you've been at a job for a while and you're like I don't want to be here anymore but I also don't know what else I would do I think it's like looking at your life already what do you spend your time doing that is a de-stressor for you or you like even if it's like oh I enjoy spending time with my nieces and nephews you know then maybe there's something there with like maybe you like spending time with children Mm -hmm. you know or like with Regina it's like she spends time already with skincare trying skincare products we're looking into like oh fashion like what looks good on this and and then just that's the stuff that you were doing with nobody paying you or no one's like that's not a job right Right. and but I do think that there's a difference between when you actually try it Mm -hmm. as like oh what is a viable career path that's also very telling if you start having a feeling of maybe I don't like to do this for money maybe I like to do this as a hobby and that's the difference between when people say oh should it be a hobby or should I make it into a job I think you'll know pretty quickly when you start totally spending a lot of your time on it right totally for you did you have that feeling at all when you were doing lettering more and more or just more DIY stuff do you enjoy it more or did you feel Mm -hmm. like oh this is becoming like a job Mm -hmm. I think it started changing like with when I was just creating daily versus thinking of it as a job was that you know like I did want to like leave my insurance job and then after my whole like master program I decided just to choose art full-time so that basically just seeing all of that and like letting go all the things that I worked so hard for I basically had to you know think of it as okay I wanted to do art because it made me happy 
happy, right? And I was enjoying the process of creating and making new things. But then what I noticed was that the more I made it into a business, I kind of had to like take away from the creating aspect and focusing on like the logistics of the business. And that's mm. when it, I felt like, am I still doing what I love? Just yeah, because yeah. the fact that I wasn't creating every day like I used to when it was just a hobby. And that's a realization that you have to face is that a hobby, you know, if you really do enjoy it, then it's kind of like once it becomes a business, there's other factors that play a huge role that you do have to consider. Yeah. Then, yeah. Like taxes. <laughs> I know. Oh, like, like taxes, contracts. And- yeah all those things that I wanted to ignore for a really long time. And then, yeah, don't ignore them because they're really important to like really face and like know upfront because yeah, you could hire people to like look at those for you, but then you don't actually know what's happening within your own business. So it's good for you to still be in the loop with all of it. It's crazy because I feel like I, what I've noticed is that there's a lot of creative talent Mm -hmm. who have no idea what's written in their contract. And I feel like, I I, like, I remember like every once in a while I'll see like people being like, oh, uh, I don't even know how much like my manager takes or stuff like that. And I feel like when you have a smaller business, like maybe when it gets bigger, you can't read through everything. Right. But at the beginning, it's definitely really important to understand what, you know, the requirements are, what, and just so that when you get future projects too, you know, what's going on. So like, what was that transition for you? I know that you said that you kind of try to avoid it for a while, but was it hard for you to kind of be like, oh, wow, there's so much other logistical things that come with it. Like, oh, you know, maybe this isn't for me or, Mm -hmm. oh, actually, this is very like manageable. Oh, my goodness. No, (laughs) no one. She's still figuring out. Right. (laughs) No, I I feel like I'm still learning every day just with everything. So when, when I first started with my whole business, I was really confused with taxes and like managing everything. I was confused about like the inventory aspect, managing my own budget as well. Just because like you see like money in your bank doesn't mean that you could just keep spend, spend, spend. And it just depends what business you do have. But you do have to be mindful of every single transaction you make. It is being documented and you have to like know exactly where it's going to. So I don't think Richard was ready for this. Richard's my fiance. I kind of just like took him on without him realizing it because I was like, I need help. He knew I needed help because Mm -hmm. he was like, you don't seem to have like a good grasp about like taxes and like budgeting and everything. It's like, I don't. So if you can help me out, that would be awesome. So yeah, Richard and I, like we have our own journey with this because like there was a year that he left his job and he worked with me full time as well. Well, we were trying to figure out the logistics and, and all that fun stuff. Yeah. But I did need help just because I didn't understand exactly how to properly organize the documents and things like that. So I think the most challenging thing for me, you know, till this day is taxes just because there's new things that happen and come up. So it's really good just to be in the loop with your CPA and just talking with them often. And you can also hire them on for like organizing your services as well. I don't do that. They just take care of like the annual review. Right. But I guess for me, I've tried different like ways of organizing. I've used like Excel spreadsheets to really organize everything, but it does become a nightmare. So I think what saved my life and like our relationship with it, because we were just always talking about finances and like we didn't really know how to organize it. So we ended up getting QuickBooks. So QuickBooks was a good way for us to see where everything was happening and for us to log anything. So I've only tried QuickBooks. I'm sure other platforms are really great too but we just needed a system for us to like help us organize our like what we were spending out and the income that was coming in yeah so I know it's like super boring stuff but no no I think that's all like the nitty-gritty stuff right, you right. know where that's the process where I'm at now I actually filed for an LLC for my mm-hmm. life coaching business yeah. because of Shelly ah. because 
for the longest time, even at Wang Fu, I was always an independent contractor. Mm -hmm. And an independent contractor here in the U.S., there's no one telling mm -hmm. you, no one teaches you like, oh, what you can write off, what, and it depends right. what industry you're in. So I was figuring that out for the longest time while at Wang Fu and not being sure if I would be audited or is this legal right, and all right. that. Even talking to an accountant, even then it's just like they don't know your particular business that totally. well. So it's really important to find people who know, because each industry is different. For life coaching, like I can write off classes, you know, I can write off certain books right. because it pertains to my business. I actually <laughs> was talking to the owner of Boba Guys and he gets to write off Boba milk tea <laughs> anywhere that he goes oh my gosh because he's researching dream. yeah that's like, like your yeah. dream that's why i told jack i was like i think i might be in the wrong business <laughs> oh my gosh right so yeah. things like that where i was really afraid to learn or start because it's scary yeah, yeah. but then yeah. now it's like i have that reassurance that i'm trying to learn it the right way totally. the legal way but mm -hmm. like you totally. said it's like really how do i learn it you mm -hmm. know versus i'm just gonna try to like skirt by right because then it's not become a thriving business it's just something that you're right like yeah, yeah yeah exactly yeah. if even right so right. i think going back to that period of time yeah, where yeah. you had started to share your mm -hmm. hand lettering your art online on ig and then a lot of people resonated with it right because everybody needs Aww, positivity in their life yeah. And then, you know, you went back to get your master's and you were there for, I think, a year, right? It was two-year program. Yeah, two years. Two, mm -hmm. And then what in that I'm, process yeah. did, made you feel like I am going to <laughs> give this totally. up? Mm -hmm. And pieces of master's too, yeah. you know? And then to, to pursue this full-time, like, A, what were your thoughts? And B, how did you get that gumption or the courage just yeah. to do it? So like... I think like with starting, you know, like a business or just even transitioning from like your hobby to a full time, I think the important part is really testing it out first. So I think one thing I forgot to mention was when I was working my insurance job, I did start my whole Instagram account and just like through my positive affirmations online. So I feel like the important part is the more you throw yourself out there and let other people into your world, you never know what kind of feedback you will receive just because mm -hmm. the internet is just is so awesome in that way where you can connect with people all over the world. So then I started basically posting on a weekly basis, just like my work and things like that. And within that whole journey, I didn't realize that people were going to react to it. I had no idea. I thought it was a silly thing what I was doing, but I was just so strong with my mission about, okay, empowering other people and making them feel like uplifted and like positive about their own life. I didn't even tell like my friends and family about my new Instagram account because yeah, I was kind of embarrassed by it just because I didn't like my work in the beginning and I was still like questioning what I was trying to do as well. Mm -hmm. But then the more I threw myself out there, when people did react, that's kind of the whole start of people started reaching out to me for like tiny things. Like, can you make like a custom print? I'll like buy it from you. And like, I want to like put it in my office and, and things like that. So I didn't realize what was going to come out of it because I didn't mm -hmm. know I could I guess because like in my mind, I was like, I could just write it for you. It's totally fine. So in the beginning, I did do a lot of free work because I wanted them to also have that same like positive message as well. So then I kind of just thought of it as, you know, this is like something I'm so passionate about. But then the more and more people kept asking me, I was like, is this a real thing? Like people actually want to like hire me to like write their own positive messages as well. That was just kind of like mind blowing. And I really didn't know that was going to happen. So I think the important part is just, you know, throwing yourself out there, whether it's like on social media or just like having a website just like see what could happen because you never know like when people stumble upon your account yeah you really don't know what and how they'll react to it and also like you connected mm -hmm. with so many like people in that community of hand letters right yeah, of just yeah. like artists mm -hmm. and tapped into 
how other people are doing it. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, that's how we met through IG and just like, and I wasn't in art. I think it was just through Wang Fu that way. I I, I was just following you. I don't know. I think one day I came across your account and I liked, I guess, like the overall theme you had on your Mm. profile. So I'm like, oh, you're selling a cool person. I want to get to know you. (laughs) And I was like, yes, I want to get to know you too. I, I felt like I don't know like who followed each other first, but then the minute I saw you following me, I was like, okay, maybe I can reach out. It's not creepy, right? No, <laughs> no, I'm so glad that you did. Yeah, I think that's the beauty of like Instagram now, right? right. It's like such a platform to connect people mm-hmm. and just like really be able to, yeah, find other people. Like Christine isn't necessarily like a hand letter, but like she's yeah. part of the community and she really appreciates it. Right. I am a fan. She's of a hand huge letters. fan. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, if you cannot tell already by our. <laughs> yeah, everything is so like I really love fonts. Yeah. And like hand lettered fonts. I'm mm-hmm. always like, you should make your writing into a font so I can have it. <laughs> yeah. You know, because it's it's just so special and it's so like unique to totally. it. Totally. Yeah. So I think that's the part. Maybe you could tell oh, wait, I interrupted you. You mm-hmm. connected with people on IG. Were yeah. you on Etsy at the time? So then I opened my Etsy shop a year and a half after I explored it because people mm-hmm. kept asking. So I was mm-hmm. like, okay, maybe I should put like the positive messages on my Etsy shop. It didn't take off right away. And like it had to build some traction just like being on there as well. But then these are things that were so terrifying for me. But I just thought, you know, if people are asking for it, I should just see what happens. And like for my Etsy shop, even if it like did fail, that's totally okay because at least I know that I tried. And that was kind of like the leap that I had to take within leaving my full time job originally because I was scared. What was holding me back was like the fear of not getting paid, the fear of like not knowing how to pay rent, things like that. And Mm -hmm. like I was terrified, but then I just kept thinking, you know, if I live in this fear, then I'll just keep thinking like, what if this happened? What if that? And that's the reason why I went to go back to my master's because my master's was always a thing that I knew like after my undergrad, I was going to go get. Mm. It didn't matter, but I knew that I was going to further my education. But then during the time of like not knowing what I wanted to do, getting my master's, I feel like it was in the right like time period of my life to go pursue that because like I took a couple years off after my undergrad and like I was working. So then I kind of had a clear idea what I wanted to study and for my master's. But then for my master's though, yeah, like if I didn't pursue it, I still would have like, you know, questioned like the what if, what if I went to get my masters how would my life be like as well so that's the reason why I just took that leap as well I got my masters so my masters I'll talk about it too like it was a really interesting time because I was so excited to start this like new program and all the fun things but what ended up happening was that the minute I started my grad program that's also when letters by shells really took off as well and I was really confused. Like I was like, what's happening? Because I was going to like put my art journey on pause and see, okay, what exactly could I do like as I pursue my master's? So I was really confused that both of them took off. And what I mean by took off, I mean like my Etsy shop, I started getting more orders and sales that I had to like fulfill and package. And then I also got approached by my publisher to like write these like stationary like flashcards of how to learn calligraphy as well. And People I just, can still buy that. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Now, no. yeah. And I think I was just so amazed that these were all happening. I was like, wait, I'm like confused because I want to like start my master program. But like in a weird way, like I guess like I feel like something was holding me back, but I still got to like go finish my master's. But I guess like what ended up happening was that when I started my program, because my business did take off. So my whole daily schedule for the past two years was basically I was going to work. So from five to seven, I did all letters by shell stuff and like did like social media, things like that. And from seven 
I finally got ready for work. I had to be at work by like 8.30 to 5. I was working at my counseling job because when you get your master's, you do have to like work and get those hours. Mm -hmm. So I was working that job. And then from 5 to 10, it was my night classes for my master program. And then after like I went home, I finished like fulfilling orders and things like that. So then I would probably go home. And like go to sleep around like 1 or 2 a.m. every day. And that was like my life for the next two years. And I think what ended up happening was that no matter like even if I started my master program, I still like treated like my business as a full time job as well. And that's something I would recommend for a lot of people wanting to like transition their hobby to full time. Treat it like it's already a full time, like dedicate mm-hmm. all those hours to it. You should take breaks. But if you want to like pursue it then try to go like all into it, too, because you never know what's going to come out of it. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, I think it's really interesting kind of what you were saying about how mm-hmm. even though your Instagram account was like taking off, you were still like, oh, let me go get this master's first I know. no because I think a lot of us are like that mm-hmm. you know I know that for me like I also was a psych major and yeah. then I was about to graduate and I was like I don't know what I'm doing so right, right. I kind of like slipped my way into also getting a master's in business management right all while not really knowing what I wanted to do right and I think that there's always this idea in our head and it's probably just you know what society tells us what our parents tell us what our right. friends tell us that like this path of creativity is just mm-hmm. it's impractical it's unstable you know you won't get paid paid for it and like I think that we start to think to ourselves like oh yeah why would they pay me to do this if I know they can get someone else to do it Mm -hmm. or can find something else online but I think there's like so much value in what you bring to the table like even when you were saying when you're starting off you're like oh let me just do it for free because I want you to have it Mm -hmm. um what was that like turning point for you where you're kind of like oh hey this is like something that's you know, in demand and like, you know, kind of choosing this creative path. Yes, it may not be the most traditionally, Mm -hmm. you know, reliable or practical, but like I still, you know, I have this urge and desire to want to do that. So it might sound silly, but I was doing it for free and I needed money for art supplies. Like I was (laughs) using my art supplies to like make these like prints for them. And I was like, I actually don't have any money to like buy art supplies. Mm -hmm. And that's the reason why I was like, okay, what am I really doing with this? You know, like this is like a creative (laughs) project, but I'm like spending my own money to like produce these prints and things like that. So then I thought of it, okay, as because like at the time when I was doing this art, I didn't like have a job as well. So then I thought, okay, how could I transition into like start charging people just so that way I can have a little bit of income to like buy some art supplies and it can cover like my coffee or or like my food or something, you know, things like that. So like it was a hard realization just because I didn't want for a long time pursued as a business. A lot of people kept telling me you should make it into a business, like all these amazing advice that people kept telling me. But I just thought, you know, the minute I treat it as a business and it'll be like a business, I'm not going to enjoy it anymore. And I guess like there were some moments where like I kept questioning my own like journey as well. And I'll talk into that as well. But I think I just thought about it in a more realistic like standpoint. Okay, I need to have some type of like security also. So then I think what helped was the minute I wanted to make that transition, I went ahead and made my website, made my Etsy shop. So making it like more official and like making it feel real as well. Right. Yeah. Because for a long time, like I didn't have an Etsy shop or a website and I just saw, you know, how can people like treat me as like a business as well? Right. Yeah. I think that's the part that where you said like treat it like a full-time job. So you're actually learning and you're going through it. I think that was the big part in a learning curve for me where taking something like a hobby 
right. you enjoy it and you do it whenever you want, right? Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of it. You're just yeah. like, oh, it brings me so much joy. But then if you make it into a business, you have to put in the amount of hours so that you start to value your own work, right? right? Mm-hmm. And you build up the skills that it's on the day-to-day that that happens you don't just yeah. wake up one day and you're like oh my god i'm gonna charge ten thousand dollars for this piece of art because you know <laughs> i made it you know it's like it's right. in the day-to-day of building that confidence which maybe not a lot of people struggle with but i definitely did even as a life coach and even when i was working yeah. at wang fu i've always had an issue charging mm-hmm. like i just always felt in a way like apologetic and like i'm so sorry yeah. <laughs> like i'm sorry you have to pay me you know yeah and I then totally like yeah so i could see where you're saying where you're like oh, i just want to give it for free because i want right you to enjoy this positivity you know and i enjoy doing it anyways i always feel guilty for that i'm like i'm making money off of doing something that i feel i really enjoy and then i was talking to my life coach about that before and she's like well what would what would life be if you were charging money for stuff that you didn't enjoy you know i was like oh yeah that's true you know so for me getting to the part of understanding my own value and not apologizing for right charging it took a while and i think what i'm trying to say is like it's the grind It's the grind that, Mm -hmm. you know, you're not necessarily telling everybody on the daily when people are like, how are things going? You're not like, yeah, I wake up at five in the morning to seven (laughs) to do hand lettering. I have to package. I actually have to go buy the boxes. I have Mm -hmm. to buy the plastic to put all the prints inside, as well as going out to buy our supplies and picking out this color. Like those are the little things that make up your business that you have to tweak for yourself. Right. You're like, oh, you know what? This paper actually didn't work that well with this printer. Yeah. So I'm going to have to. Yeah. Yeah. So all things like that, that add to what Regina was saying is that add to what you bring that's unique to you, Mm -hmm. because that's the part of when you build your business, the trial and error that you go through. But having the courage, like we said, to try it, to give it a try, Mm -hmm. just like it's your full time job, because if you treat it like a hobby, then there'll be like less writing on like, oh, if this paper doesn't print well, then oh, well. I mean, right. you're not paying for this, yeah. right? But if you're treating it like a full-time job and you want to deliver a really good product to someone, then you're really going to try to yeah. find the best product that works, yeah. right? Here at Perfectly Imperfect, we're always looking for better ways to take care of ourselves. So we are so excited to be partnering up with Care Of, a service that provides personalized supplements right to your doorstep. Over the past several weeks, I, Regina, have been working on my fitness and launching my clothing line. So they recommended ashwagandha and American ginseng to help me get in shape and manage my stress. For Christine, being in her mid-30s, she is starting to prioritize the things that she had taken for granted in the past, like high metabolism, energy, digestion, good sleep, and a healthy immune system. The website is easy to use and the quiz is so much fun to take because you can really hone in on the health goals you have set for yourself. The Care Of team makes sure that the supplements fit right into all of your health needs. Visit TakeCareOf.com to get your custom supplements today. In honor of Mental Health Awareness Month, we are extra grateful to be partnering with BetterHelp to help us find new ways of self-care. Going to therapy has been a new experience for the both of us, but BetterHelp has facilitated an environment that helps us feel safe and heard. We worked with our counselors to pick a goal to focus on, then they helped us dissect the issue and create solutions that are easy for us to manage. Being able to have a plan helps relieve a lot of stress, and being heard has helped us feel understood. Getting started is easy. Head to betterhelp.com pip to take a short quiz to assess your needs. You will be paired with a licensed professional within 24 hours. 
They have counselors that focus on depression, anger, stress, anxiety, trauma, and anything that you share is confidential. If you have been thinking about getting therapy, BetterHelp is a wonderful platform that provides affordable care worldwide from the comfort of your own home. And for being a part of our PIP fam, you will get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com PIP. So start taking care of you and your mental health today. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash pip, P-I-P. No, I mean, like within all of that, like it was a learning point too, just because like when I was doing it as a hobby as well, I got a lot of like requests from like friends and family. Yeah, I didn't want to charge them just yeah. because why would I want to charge them? Like, like they're like my friends and family. But then it got to the point where they were asking for a lot. So then I was like, okay, I actually don't have time anymore to do this. So when it comes to like friends and family, it's kind of like an interesting like standpoint. So I don't actually take on custom work from friends and family. It would depend like case by case, of course. But then usually I'll refer them to like a friend as well, just because it gets really awkward. It's sometimes really that. hard to set that boundary, right? right? Especially mm-hmm. if they're friends or family. They're kind of like, oh, wait, but I see you do this all the time. I, I mean, you're just lettering it, yeah. you know? And I think that sometimes people don't really take into account the amount right. of practice you've done, the mm-hmm. amount of work it takes and hours it takes. Yeah. And I think that even as like, an individual acknowledging that, right? To think back to like, oh yeah, remember in 2016 when I was like just Mm -hmm. trying this out? Like how much you've improved, how much you've grown and how much you've learned in the meantime. It's really hard to acknowledge that. And I know Christine and I struggled with that a lot with this podcast even because this podcast is us talking, right? And it's just like, (laughs) oh, well, we can have a conversation any which way. But I think that through the years, I think that that was something that we had to admit to ourselves that was like, hey, you know, the way we carry the conversation, Mm -hmm. the way we ask questions, the way we outline things like that did get better. And like, we should be asking for higher prices when advertisers are coming to us and stuff like that. But it's hard to kind of get over that if you're like, oh, well, I can just yeah, I can just talk into the mic for an hour and sure, you know, know it doesn't feel like a unique or special talent as opposed to like when you look at other people, you're like, wow, they did this and they did that. Oh my gosh, it totally makes sense why they got paid those big bucks, right? Mm -hmm. When you're doing the same thing, you're kind of like, oh, no, 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 it's okay. (laughs) You know, it's really hard to like figure out what is that fine line of like standing up for yourself and like being taken advantage of because people will take advantage at any given moment if they can. And you realize that Mm -hmm. the people that actually quote unquote succeed or they get the deals or they're the ones that are like running a profitable business is because they're not apologizing for what they're delivering. Mm -hmm. There are people that we've encountered in the podcasting world that has their elevator pitch down to a T when they meet people, they're like, this is our pocket. This is what we do. And me and Regina are like, hi, (laughs) (laughs) we talk for an hour once a week. (laughs) And it's true because I understand how like the three of us are. We're like, Mm -hmm. we don't want to put it in people's faces, right? This is like what we're doing. And then have this like, oh my God, who does she think she is? It's like, this is not a networking thing. If you think about it that way, then yes. But then if you are just sharing about what you're passionate about, which is your hobby, your business, whatever you're Mm -hmm. doing, it's a different demeanor and I think that is what comes across and that's the shift that happened within me where instead of shying away from oh what do you do or how are things it's like oh this is what I'm doing this life coaching mental health podcasting this is why and then versus like oh yeah we're just talking for fun yeah yeah that was a very hard like mentality even for me too like even up until the event that I met you at Mm -hmm. like I was like oh I'm podcasting and kind of starting this 
you know, yeah. clothing line. And I would like say it that way. But when, and then when people hear that, I'm sure that they can hear my like hesitation, inse- hesitation, yeah. my insecure tone. And then they probably don't take me as seriously versus now yeah. my friends are like, no, 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 you got to go in and be like, this is what I am. This is what yeah. I'm doing. And like be loud and proud about right. it. Cause if you don't yeah. believe in your own product, your own business, right. then why should anybody else? Yeah. 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 I mean, I could totally relate to all of that too, just because in the beginning I didn't want to tell friends and family, of course, you know, like they should be the ones to like support you and like want to share about your business, right? I didn't want to tell them just because I was questioning my whole journey and I didn't like feel confident in the art that I was doing as well. So like for me, it took a long time for me to like finally admit to people, especially with my grad program. I didn't tell anybody as well just because I knew that I didn't want the focus to just be that because then the minute people started finding out, that's all what we talked about. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm trying to like have like a different like mindset when I'm at school and things like that. But it took a lot out of me. And like the minute I left my grad program, I didn't leave. Like I finished it. But Mm -hmm. after I finished it, I was like, okay, I have to choose just because that lifestyle that I had waking up at five in the morning to 2 a.m. Like I could not do that anymore. So I had to really think hard about, okay, what would make me happy? What could I let go of? And the minute I decided, okay, I'm going to do art full time and see what happens. Like I'm going to give it a year and see what I can do out of it just because I believed in the mission so much. The minute I decided to go full on and like full time within my own art, that's when I started becoming more confident in like what I had to offer and more confident in what I was doing just because this is all that I had at this time. I can tell people that I like work full time at, you know, X, Y, and Z. Like I had nothing. I only had the art that I was doing. So then for me, I started thinking of it as don't feel awkward or don't feel like not confident, like not talking about your own business and things like that. I wanted to make it a purpose about, okay, like if I were to meet new people, like at a coffee shop, I want people to know about letter specials. Mm. I want people to like feel motivated and uplifted. So that's kind of like what helped me talk more confidently about my business and like what I had to offer just because, yeah, like I didn't want to talk about it for a long time just I didn't know like how to come off it like I guess because like it sounds weird if I tell people oh yeah I do lettering design and (laughs) people are like what's that I know yeah like what is that you know and like a lot of people were questioning like so do you just letter what they were mm. understanding what I was doing. So then I had to like take into account, okay, what exactly do I want to tell people and like, how can it be done in a meaningful way? So that's the reason why when I introduce myself now, it's like, yeah, I talk about, I do a hand lettering design for like myself and also for other people that are inquiring about it. But I also work with brands and like help them with redesigning on their logos and like things like that. And I feel like you talk more about those experiences that you do have, you know, I feel like people can connect more on that level. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I completely hear that. And I think a lot of people have, and I was there too, where it's like, okay, so what if you don't have anything going for you, right? Mm-hmm. Like you yeah, have this interest, yeah. let's choose. Like they're also specifically in hand lettering. And then they're like, oh, should I try this full time? Should I at least go a little bit further into this journey? But there's no viable way for them to make a profit off of it even Mm -hmm. if it's starting Etsy right it's like how do you find customers and all of that for you did the opportunities come from IG or did you go out and did you have to pitch yourself to brands you know you wrote a book and all of those things like how did you start turning it from a hobby into let's make some money from this yeah I mean aside from like the custom inquiries that I did receive for a long time you know I just kept thinking maybe if I'm lucky or like if I'm like really good at it then finally companies and brands will notice me so I kept waiting for opportunities like I I was waiting and waiting and saw other people get opportunities and I was like 
how come that's not me? And like, I was just like waiting yeah. patiently, right? Cause then I'm like, well, maybe I'm not there yet. Maybe it's not my time. But I think something in me just changed. Like, I think like after a year of having that mindset, I was like, well, nothing is going to change because no opportunities have come my way. Yeah. So what do I need to do differently? So I started thinking of it as a way, you know what? I'm going to go reach out to these brands and companies that I want to work with and tell them who I am and what I'm about. And that's the realization that I had to do. Like, it was really awkward. It's awkward talking about yourself. It's awkward pitching for yourself as well. But then sometimes the opportunities won't come. So you have to go after them as well. It's totally fine. And that's normal and good to do. Yeah. 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 yeah for sure. Like fighting for yourself and really right. being like, stand your ground. Like I'm here and yeah. I this is what I can do. And I'm willing, yeah. you know, I want to work with you. Yeah. I think that's also part of the mental journey, mm-hmm. which is why I also love your podcast so much because you don't only just talk about the nitty gritty to yeah. the business aspect. You also touch upon what it's like mentally and emotionally as your own boss as an entrepreneur as a creative and I think that's something where for me it's so nice to be able to like tap into that Mm -hmm. community and network to know that you're not alone in this yeah even if you're not a Hamletter you can understand as a creative as an artist or someone who's just trying to start something on your own that these feelings are completely relatable you know and there's that period of time where it looks like everybody else is like hitting the moon and all the deals are coming in for them and they're making headway with this person and that and doing all these amazing things on social media right and then you're like i don't like talking to a mic you know know. or like you know i'm starting my own business and life coaching or like starting a clothing brand and you just feel really stuck yeah even then i think that's the part where people looking in thinking about well should i make my daydream into like a possible career I could say that that's an underlying fear. You know, what if I start it and nothing happens? That's where I want to, you know, each of us to answer, like, what have you guys learned answering that own question for yourself? You've started that journey ahead of us, Shelly. And then Regina's starting that part. And I've already dabbled into a little bit. Wanted to hear your guys' take on what you've learned through just trusting that and seeing where it goes. Yeah. I mean, I'm for a long time, like I was scared also like to pursue like art as a full time because it's not a normal thing. And like, yeah, a lot of friends and family question my journey, too. And I think till this day, they still <laughs> question it as well. And that's totally fine because yeah. I feel like what I had to learn was that I can't change their opinion and they're going to have this certain like feeling about it. And that's totally OK. But I think, you know, if I had lived in that fear and like took into account like their feedback and like kept thinking about what other people are going to think of me, then I wouldn't have started the whole process. So I feel like don't live in that fear. You just have to try it, try it and believe in it. At least give it like a couple months to a year to really feel the whole process out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and if it doesn't work out, then you can at least like know that you tried and then you can say, okay, within the same like idea, what can you do differently for like the next round? And I feel like that's just the important part. Just finally going out there and just giving it a shot, you know? Yeah. 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 I relate to that so much. Yeah, for sure. I think that I let fear drive a lot more than I would like to admit. And sometimes it's like, what am I so fearful of? Like, why can't I just dive in, give it my all? And then if it fails, Christina and I have been talking about this. Like, we don't like that word fail because it's not really a fail. It's just learning to pivot. Right. And it's a lesson that you learn along the way. 
So yeah, I definitely yeah. <laughs> really relate to that. Yeah. What about you, Regina? Kind of going along the lines of like what Shelly was talking about earlier about like going out and like making the opportunities for yourself. Yeah. There's a lot of things that I look at other people. I'm like, oh, I wish I could work with this brand and that brand. And like, know, oh, that's yeah. so cool. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's creating those opportunities for yourself, especially if you're going to do this like as a boss Yeah. where you're kind of like, okay, well, this is what I know will help me bring in money and keep things sustainable. Right. And even if an opportunity opportunity doesn't come up right away it's good to have those connections Mm -hmm. and I think that in the past I was like really bold in this way where I would just like reach out to people and then I think as I got kind of knocked down I got more fearful and then Mm -hmm. I got more closed off in 2020 I've been trying to open up my mindset up again to being like okay hey if I really want to learn from that person like I should reach out to them and it's crazy like the kind of opportunities that will really open you up to I think over the weekend (laughs) I went to this event Mm -hmm. and one of the speakers on stage was like hey I just started this business and like you know I know when I started I could have used a mentor so if any of you guys need help like feel free to DM me so I DM'd her today and then she was like oh my god that's so cool you're starting a clothing line I used to work at like a really big retailer and I was like oh whoa like that's so cool like this opportunity would not have come about if I hadn't just reached out and so I think that that is kind of the mental shift that I need to like kind of get over myself (laughs) and just like really put myself out there and like reach out to people because you never really know what can come of it whether it's actually a project or it's just a connection or Mm -hmm. you just like learn something through the coffee or lunch or whatever yeah Yeah. no that's so good and that really is right because that's Mm -hmm. the heart of what Shelly's saying where it's like the what ifs the what ifs include all of those opportunities that you never let yourself experience because Mm -hmm. you've never really given yourself that chance and yes there could be the what if this doesn't work out and none of those things that you guys are saying happen and I completely relate to you guys fearing that having that fear but understanding that honestly when it comes to your career your business whether Mm -hmm. you're your own boss or you're working for somebody else just understanding that it's just a platform it is just a mechanism of a medium for you to do something in this world right and you're providing some sort of value and it may not be directly to your own company but it may be for somebody else's mission or endeavor whatever you choose to support and work for it that's like good for you you know not everyone has to have this like I'm spreading positivity or like I wanted to make an impact Mm -hmm. like maybe your thing is just I want to make enough money so I can send my kids to college you know and that's Mm -hmm. fantastic but it's understanding that this job and career thing I think there's so much emphasis on like it has to be the it thing just like we're finding like a husband or a wife they have to be it they have to be everything all at Mm -hmm. once right when I'm ready for it I think I'm ready for it they should be everything but understanding that it's it's just an ongoing process it's just something that you're learning more about yourself and how you can give and serve the world if you look at it that way then it's just building skills as a person yeah and whether you're in school learning how to turn in things on time understanding what like deadlines Mm -hmm. mean or like how it is if you're gonna pull it all nighter before you study or you're actually gonna keep learning (laughs) as you go Mm -hmm. these are all just habits that you develop that you learn that how do you want to live in this world how do you better execute what is it that you envision you know and I think starting your own business Mm -hmm. or if it's a hobby you want to keep it as a hobby or you want to learn how to be profitable it's just another way to learn more about yourself and if you walk away from it going like okay I gave it a try me starting my own business I don't like it yeah it's not a failure it's just like you learn that then you don't have to wake up someday when you're 70 and be like what What if if? 
right? Yeah. Yeah. Because that, what if it will stick with you? It will. And I think that that's the other thing too. It's funny because like when people who are younger than me ask me for advice, I'm like, oh, if you have the inkling, go for it. Mm -hmm. And then for me, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so scared. (laughs) But I do think that if you do have that inkling in you, like just go for it. Like just Mm -hmm. jump in and it's scary and it'll feel like you're floating on air and you're not really sure where you land. But I think that what I realized is like not everybody has that inkling. So if you do, that's what makes you unique and that deserves a try. Right. Yeah. This is why people say you should get a mentor Mm -hmm. because it's not just going through it. It's when you go through it mentally and emotionally, the ups and downs of that, getting to talk to somebody who's already been like, like I can talk to Shelly about it and be like, Aww. oh my gosh, Shelly, I don't know what I'm doing. And she's like, don't worry. You know, I was there too. And this yeah. is how I would like maybe try this out or you can look into this or I'll help you here because I've been through that myself. I can yeah. ask around for you. So it makes the process so much easier versus it's not just like, oh, I need to file paperwork. When you're mentally feeling like my business is not doing well, I don't know what I'm doing. Like yeah. you can talk to somebody who can be your emotional support. Yeah, that. totally. So that's important. Yeah. yeah. You know, something I wish, and maybe this is how we can end it too, what you wish someone told you before you started this for me. And I'm just going to balance it out based off of what I just said. And it's not to deter mm-hmm. anyone, but this is something I wish someone told me. So I had never really gave working at a legit corporation that much thought. I tried it mm-hmm. as in like, I want to work at a movie studio, you know, or I want to work at Disney. But since I didn't pan out, I was like, passion, I'm going to go with startups and really get in the nitty gritty of it and chase this creative path. As glamorous as that sounds, mm-hmm. honestly, there's a reason why your parents push you to stability. Because not only in that period of time in your 20s or maybe along this journey where you're still figuring out what is it that you want to do, not only is that a huge consumer of your time Mm -hmm. and your energy of just like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing. You also have to figure out how are you going to make money from not knowing what you want to do? You know what I mean? Versus like if you pick a stable job, you can still have the, oh, is this what I really want to do? But at least you still have income coming in. Yeah, yeah. And that's the part that as much of a no brainer as that was, I was just like, no, I'm just gonna, you know, make money, good money doing what I love. You know, I'm glad I did it. There's no regrets to that. But that's the part where it's like, oh, looking back, like, yeah, yeah, that's why I struggle so much because I didn't have stable income. And I had to explain to myself and to everybody around me at the time, like, what is it that I'm trying to do? I don't know. It was just additional like stress on myself. Not to say that if I had worked a full time job in a company that I didn't like, that my life would be better. Mm -hmm. But I'm just saying, there is legitimate stress to not knowing where your next paycheck is going to come from. Yeah. Yeah. What about you guys? Mm. Things that you wish that someone had told you before you started this journey? I guess, honestly, for me, starting this whole journey, it was a questionable journey just because I felt like I didn't have a huge support with friends and family because I felt like when I wanted to take this leap, their reactions were like, good luck. And I don't know what their thought process were, but I feel like I was alone in this whole journey. And then I thought, you know, that should be a motivation for myself to really succeed and do well as well. But then as I got into it, you know, I'm doing it all only just for myself and really just what makes me happy in life. And like, I guess like when you try to like do your business, don't ever try to prove others wrong or like don't try to like do it for other people just Mm -hmm. because the minute you get there, they're not going to react the way that you want to, you know, like Mm -hmm. they're always going to have their own opinion. Mm -hmm. And that's what I mentioned earlier is that friends and family, I think they're very happy for me, but then they're also very like, whoa, like she actually made it happen. (laughs) But then they're kind of like confused, like, 
how did she make this happen, you know? Mm -hmm. But then I guess for me, like with this whole journey, you know, it was a really confusing one just because I didn't know what it looked like working for myself and working on my business. I noticed that it was also like a very lonely process also because no one can relate to you. No one could understand what you're going through. And then also realizing that when you do reach out to other people, you know, like there could be opportunities where they say yes, or also they can also like say no. And that's totally okay. Like, I feel like rejections are a good thing just because if you get that no, then you keep pushing, you keep going after what you're passionate about and companies that you do want to work with, you know, even till this day, even though like I've worked with different brands, it doesn't mean that I always get a yes. Mm. Like there is like some brands that I reach out to and it's like 50, 50, I might actually turn them down or like they'll turn me down and that's okay because our values are not matching together. Right. Those are things that you have to like do realize it's like, how is it going to benefit yourself and like your own business? And I guess like those little things I didn't really consider. And then also knowing that after a year goes by, you kind of like have to have that reflection about your business and think, okay, what worked for me this year? What didn't work for me? And every year I do change and tweak a little bit about mm-hmm. how the process was too. So like, even though like from when I first started, I only offered custom prints and like stationary goods, but then I kind of like went off this new direction of like teaching my craft and like doing workshops. And those are things that, I kind of just like heard what people wanted of me and asked of me and just you have to like adjust to what people are needing and wanting as well versus just like sticking to like, no, I'm only going to do this. So it's okay to change. Yeah. If anything, that's encouraged. Like you should be adjusting Mm -hmm. and pivoting from Mm -hmm. what information you collected. I think that's the part about what we talked about failure, right? People just see it as, oh, that didn't work out. So that's a no. It's like, oh no, but what can you tweak from that? Maybe it was the wording. Maybe it was the person that you reached out to. I think that's the part where giving yourself that leeway, this is just a learning process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mine is definitely like kind of a combo of both of your guys is honestly mm-hmm. like I feel like for me, it's really funny because I have a friend who started her own business as well. And the advice that she gave me was it's only going to get worse. <laughs> mm. And Aww. what she means by that is the mm-hmm. sense that like, you know, the more, obviously the better your business does, the more mouths you're trying to feed. Like it's a lot of responsibility. Right, right. And I think that like when we're only looking at the frilly, like, oh my God, she's the CEO and she has her own business and she can set her own schedule and do whatever yeah. she wants. That all sounds so amazing. Right. right and right. I feel like I'm, you know, I'm guilty of doing that too. When I look at, you know, the CEO of Glossier and stuff like that, yeah. when I'm like, oh my gosh, she listens a fabulous life and she's creating all these amazing products that everybody loves and she gets to try them first but what we don't see is like all the discipline and the hard work that it takes to get there and like how lonely it can be when you're like is this the right thing to do like should I be doing this should I be doing more should I be doing Mm -hmm. less like what is manageable is this practical you know there's like so much I think self-doubt that I didn't realize in this process I was just like oh once you have a good product you just go with it but what I didn't realize is like oh my gosh for me even choosing like what my labels will look like to the color of the hang tags and this and Mm -hmm. that like every step of the way I feel like I doubt myself and I'm questioning is this right like will people resonate with this will people like this and I think that there is so much 
mental games that you have to play with yourself Mm -hmm. in the sense of being able to kind of gain control and really discipline yourself. And Christine and I have talked about this as well, because I think that Christine and I kind of look at things and we're always like, oh, yeah, if I'm passionate about it, like things will fall in place, like things will work out. And yes, while, you know, part of that is true, I think you do need to have that passion, especially when starting something creative. There also needs to be a lot of discipline and a lot of business savviness and just thinking through like Mm -hmm. not just taxes and contracts and things like that. But, you know, how will I adjust my business as it goes? Right. Mm -hmm. Like maybe we'll have this conversation again in like a year or two. And what we're doing is completely different. And that's okay. But I think that, you know, that is something that I kind of wish there was more guidance on. And like, I wish that I could kind of get more advice on that self-doubt gets in the way of your mentality a lot. And, you know, it's a really, really tough mental battle pretty much daily to wake up and being like, this is what I can do. I deserve this. And I'm going to keep going. Yeah, no, that's so good. There's two sides to a coin, right? right? So like the part where if you're at a job right now, you're like, oh, I can't stand it here. The very things that you might miss about the job are the very things that are going to be highlighted if you start your own company. Because it's like, oh, you actually can't go to an HR person to talk about things. <laughs> okay. You have to figure it out yourself. Or the things that sound, which is very exciting that I love about being my own boss is that however I want to pivot, I can pivot. Mm -hmm. So like you said, if I want to start doing more workshops, I could do that. You know, if I want to just focus on one-on-one clients, I could try that and really do that. But when you're at a company, it depends on what they want and the initiative and you have to pitch it. And if they say no, then that's it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's both sides like, yes, you can try that. But then if it doesn't work, then it's on you. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So there's so many parts to things that I think, you know, as you get older and you try, I really think that when you try it for yourself, then you get to know the nitty gritty of it. But from the outside, you never think about these things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I definitely miss my days when I worked in corporate. I'd be like, I'm going to take a longer lunch break today and like go walk around and like, you know, oh, I'll finish this project later because I have time and I have the resources to kind of rely on other people. But when it's just you day in, day out, everything you don't do is on you. Yeah. 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 No, I could totally relate as well because when I was like working full time, like the beauty behind it was that on the weekends, I just got to like sit, relax and think of nothing but just myself and yeah. watch all the Netflix, and <laughs> Hulu, like, yeah, just like do things that I wanted to do. But then having your own business, you do have to like change different things is that your weekends might not look the same. So my weekends, I'm out there hosting workshops. So then my weekends, I don't get to just relax and enjoy it. There's a lot of times where I don't get to like attend like people's like birthday parties and events just because because I am also like trying to like do my own business as well. So I think it took a lot out of me to like know that, okay, like I had this like extra time on the weekends before, but making that shift and now knowing, okay, like if I work on the weekends, what does that look like for the week for me? Because I'm typically when I do workshops on the weekends and I typically work Monday through Sunday and that's like my entire workflow because I still have to like be present and do things today I was better about it where Mm -hmm. I took kind of like the day off I hung off my dog and I binge watched like two episodes on law and order (laughs) yeah so then but after that I was like okay I gotta get back to work but it's just like your time is not as flexible like during like my full-time job my lunch breaks were very long yeah I got to walk around and do like really fun things but now my lunch breaks looks like I'm eating lunch and I'm on my computer doing emails Yeah, because right. I can't really like take time away from like doing those things. Because that time got to come from somewhere. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Shelly, for coming on here and giving such great advice and insight as I feel like you're just like 
our mentor Aww. to everybody listening. Hey, don't worry, guys. Yeah. I've been through this. But if you were to break it down and you want to leave people who are out there that maybe on the fence or thinking about this hobby to business thing, um, what are maybe one, two, three things that you'd want them to keep in mind? Right. The first thing I always want people to know is like, is that don't be afraid to go out there and finally do it. You know, just trust yourself with the whole process. Don't think about anything else. Like just basically don't think about what other people may think of you or how they'll react. Just do it for yourself. And I feel like that'll make you so much happier to pursue what you want to do. And then the second thing was that once you actually have a, a game plan, you know what you want to do, it's good to like map out your entire year. So every mm-hmm. month, what exactly do you want to focus on for your business? What is that going to look like? Do you have some goals for like finances? Do you have like a budget that you need to work with? Because those were things that I didn't really understand how to do in the beginning. So then my finances were just all over the place, you know, so really being mindful about how you're tackling all of that, but also how the whole year will look like for your business. And then the last thing is basically understanding, okay, like what exactly do you want to do with your business that can like add value to other people? How can you have them understand what you're going through, have them really just resonate with your mission behind your business as well. Mm -hmm. So like making sure that you have that clear pathway for them. So like it would be awesome to like illustrate that on a website or social media platform so they know exactly what they're getting into like when they discover you, for example. So I feel like it would be good to have a chance to like share your story, a chance to like explain to people why you want to start your business in the first place and basically continue to share with others if it's a product-based business that you want to do what is like the whole mission behind this and how can you relate it back to your everyday life for example yeah no I love that it really is understanding your why Mm -hmm. and how you're going to communicate it to other people because at the end of the day are they going to come here to buy your cup or somebody else's cup it's a cup right but then your why is really what's gonna like that's why I like support yeah. a lot of businesses too. I'm like, oh, I really like what they're trying to do, right. you know? Mm-hmm. So getting clear for yourself. And I think what you just said about breaking down your year into months and even weeks, that's the part where I thought was really daunting, but that's yeah. what life coaching really did for me in like, okay, even coming down from down to how many clients do you want to book? How much are you charging yourself for this? Ideally, how much do you want to make yeah. in that year and working backwards from that? And also, what do you want to do? How will you get there? So if it's something like, you know, I want to create a workshop, you're not going to wake up tomorrow and be like, come guys, here's a workshop. Maybe it takes like, the next two to three months to really come up with a concept, come up with what are you going to teach? What are the supplies that you need? Mm-hmm. Do you need to create a website for that? Do you need to contact locations and give yourself a good like, okay, I know from January to March, this is what I'm going to be working towards. Yeah. for the goal to launch by you know july or something right and then if that doesn't work out you can still pivot but you, right. at least you know tangible goals and breaking it down so it's not so daunting like starting a workshop or opening up your own company it's like that's just too much right, right. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah Oh, wow. so good. Thank you so much, Shelly. No, thank you so much for having me. I'm like so honored again. Oh, no, oh. we are. We yeah. are. I'm like thinking of all the things that I need to do when I go home. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but unless, I feel like I always feel that way after I meet up with Shelly. I'm always so motivated. To be yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, I'm so I yeah. do this now. All the things I didn't want to do, which is like, talk to my accountant or like, oh, even no. writing like an about page. I remember the first time we like sat down, you're like, yeah, you really need to like craft your about page to really like show so that when brands or whoever you want to work with lands on that page, they know what you're about. They know yeah. what you can do. And I was like, Oh <laughs> yeah. You're so motivated. You're like, okay, yeah, yeah I'm yeah. going to do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
awesome. Thank you so much again, Shelly, for joining us. This was so helpful. And I hope that for all of you guys listening, you know, if you can have any takeaways or anything, please feel free to pass along this episode to anyone you feel like could use this advice. Be sure to follow Shelly. Shelly, where can people find you? Yeah. So on social media, I'm at Letters by Shells. I'm pretty much on every platform you can think of except for like linkedin i'm not on there but are you on um, tiktok i'm on tiktok yeah. oh i love tiktok oh, it's, yeah it's lots of fun but then my website also is the main page where you can like learn my craft and also just like read more about me and collaborations that i've done in the past as well so it's lettersbyshells.com and if you want to learn more about the hobby to business transition and like what that took you can listen to our podcast hobby to business yeah i'm pretty much like on every podcast platform if you ever have any questions you know feel free to always reach out to me send me a quick email my email's on my website i would love to hear your thoughts and see how i can support your journey as well oh my god see told you she's just like so generous and so giving and so loving so we will be sure to link all of that information down below so be sure to go follow shelly and if you guys are ever interested in learning how to hand letter from the pro herself you you have like so many workshops i feel like you host in a month yeah yeah and then like sometimes you travel out of state and also Mm -hmm. out of the country yeah so um definitely plug into shelly's either ig or her website to follow like any of the dates that she posts up or any events that she goes she also speaks at a lot of conferences and and events herself Mm -hmm. yeah she does a lot yeah she also has a book that you can (laughs) buy on amazon that like you know if you want to learn how to hand letter on ipad she gives all her tips jen chan who hand letters a lot of our stuff bought that and uses it I, I know. see i'm telling you the list of shelly's accomplishments Aww. is never ending yeah. and <laughs> how many people that she's helped honestly yeah, so yeah. if you have any questions like yeah yeah i please. would say take shelly up on her offer yeah for please sure. reach out i always say like email me and no one emails me so i, I really mean it. i wanted to see some emails from y'all yes, so. yes. Oh, okay you're out. gonna get like <laughs> so <laughs> many <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much again, Shelly, for being here and being so open with everything that you know and learned and all that. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.